the TCL Broadcast Studios. It's Joe Suchere and Patrick Royce with Sports Talk. Yes, Don Shelby. You and I ever been on the radio together? It's been a long, long, long time since we have. I, I think, I it's, think it's, it's close to, to 35 years. Well, now, that, one day that I did Bernard's podcast, did you stop by? Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. That was, that was that maybe eight, nine years ago. Yeah. Can I ask you a question about yes. your friend Bernard? Absolutely. I love the guy. Yes, so do I. He, could, em- he could empty out a room with his personality, but I love the guy. <laughs> He makes me look like Mr. Charm, okay? He's more charming now, now than, he's than he's ever, ever been. Yeah, well, that's small praise. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's like saying I'm not as fat as I used to be. That's right. The but, world's uh, tallest midget. Yeah, so. Don, right. you're about to learn Pat's going out guns ablaze. Yes. yes. Right. Here we go. But Tommy was going to retire. Yes. He was going to retire. Well, he has he always threatened he that. He tried it for like two weeks, didn't he? Yeah. Or was yeah. tempted? Now he's doing seven, eight hours a day on That's the radio. Right. What That's the right. hell? He's got more money than you and I and everybody else around here. <laughs> Throw me in there, too. He used to fly down to Chicago at 1 in the afternoon by at 11 in the morning. He'd get on a 4 o'clock plane, and he'd made $25,000, uh, you know, and the checks kept coming. I'll yeah. tell you one thing that is a true story. Dad, I can't remember the exact year of the Super Bowl. But you know the price that Not people 90, pay. Yeah, 92. One for he the had, 92 season. He had five commercials. National. National, national. commercials on the Super Bowl with his Ooh. voice. Can you imagine? That, wow. Well, they tell me that when he came in, I, mean, I didn't hear this from him. I heard it from other people, that, like United Airlines. He'd come in and they say, Tom, we want you to sound smooth and confident he'd read it once and they'd say well we could have you do it again but we don't know why that was you know that was perfect then another thing would happen because i was also doing voice work Mm -hmm. at that time so Mm -hmm. uh you would be brought into a studio and, and i've talked to a lot of voice people over the years that had the same experience. You would be brought in and you would do a number mm-hmm. of reads oh, yeah, and say, well, can you do it this way? Can you? Then they would say, can you do a Bernard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is a talent because yeah. they, 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 you know, Don, they're paid to pretend like they're helping you make it just perfect. So they want to sure. keep you around for yes. hours. Not that yeah. I ever did it. <laughs> well, I was but, just going to say, Don, I don't know if you've ever heard uh, Roycey with the, with the, you know, being brought in to do some voiceover work. This is actual footage, <laughs> the actual audio of Pat in the studio about to do an ad and the big executives. I think it was United Airlines. I am not reading this cornball crap. <laughs> He has. He had no no patience. He was waiting for the lady to come in. Let's go here. That's just uh, you know. Where did you get that? Oh my god! That was. Um, uh, it was for a promo. It, that was in Maplewood, Pat. That was that this long ago. It was this one. Let's go here. Uh, I am not reading this cornball crap. And this one. This one. 
Where is she? Let's, Let's go. go. <laughs> that was you, Pat. You were a bad waiter. You're like you. You don't like to wait. Uh, patience is not my number one virtue. No, no. <laughs> I'm not reading this cornball. If you want to fly United Airlines, <laughs> get on the plane on time, or I will take a vote. And by the way. If one of the seats is broken, we're going to take a vote and fly. Right. Okay. <laughs> flying anyway. Take a vote. That's one of my theories is oh. the person who re- you're getting ready to leave and the person who reports that their seat is broken and now you got to wait an hour and a half. They should they should be thrown off the plane and pummeled. Guess yes, what? You're in the luggage compartment <laughs> yeah, now. Right. Yeah. Pat gets Here's that a lawn flight chair. attendant microphone and says, you have two votes, people. <laughs> Safety, raise your hand. <laughs> Willing to risk it, raise your other hand. <laughs> on time. Oh. So you had something on your mind. What is it, sir? Well, when I first got to uh, town 40 mm-hmm. years ago, all, exactly 40 years ago, the I asked uh, Ron Hanberg, uh, how how can I get to know Minnesota? And he said, read Patrick Royce. Really? Well, read that would be Patrick nice Royce. And so I did. And never stopped to this day reading Patrick Royce mm-hmm. and listening when I could to your program. Well, I wish you hadn't read it the day I wrote Tiptoed Ball Throwing. Yeah. That's yeah, another, I knew that was coming that's up. another topic. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you would have skipped that Saturday, but that's okay. You know what? We were talking about that the other day, Don. Internet age, I would not have survived. No. 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 Would not because it would have become no. national. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Absolutely. And that was a that was a that was a bad move by me. I, well, I'll admit that. But it was a, a move in the moment, if historically placed, uh, you were not saying anything that was any different than than the general public Except I was said saying. It. And and as a coach of girls basketball, he was talking about girls basketball, and he called uh, uh, called it tiptoe ball throwing. That uh, the state of affairs of mm-hmm. uh, of women, girls basketball, girls uh, basketball primarily, uh, was a lot of that kind of look and a lot of falling down, and but they. Got better awfully quickly. Oh yeah, and the got great the great improvement quickly. in women's basketball is uh, the, the the possession of the ball. The uh, when uh, when a gal drives in a lane, she has firm control of the ball, and she gets to the bit. Lindsey Whalen being example A. Yeah, yeah. You know the 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 early years, it was catching passes and dribbling in traffic and things like that. And now it's now it's fine. That's that. I just threw that in for a moment. So. Well, that was good. Hamburg, yeah, that was an interesting moment in our uh, relationship. When I uh, uh, saw RJ, actually, for the last time, I did a piece on him two springs ago. Down right. in, it was great. I spent, I ended up writing like 35 inches. I could have written in 350. Easy. You know, he was telling stories. It was great. We had a great afternoon. But he told me the Hamburg story, you know, that, uh, that uh, he, how he decided to be Ralph John Fritz because. The guy at the radio station in Stillwater didn't want a guy to be Ralph Fritz and have two first names. He wanted to be Johnny Magic or somebody <laughs> like that. And he said, no, well, how about, how about if I become Ralph John Fritz? And the guy said, okay, that's okay. So then he meets Hanberg. The first, well, it, how different TV stations were then. Uh, who was the old sports guy? Uh, Raleigh Johnson. Raleigh Who Johnson was like was, a yeah. consul Scott. Yeah. yeah, but Raleigh Johnson was like a consultant, and they let him hire Ralph John. <laughs> He's the guy that hired Ralph John, and Ron Hanberg, the news director, hadn't met him. And they and and uh, and Raleigh Johnson says, "This is uh, Ralph John Fritz, Ron, and and a new our new sports guy." And 
Hanberg looked at him and said, Ralph John Fritz, that's a little pretentious, isn't it? (laughs) 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 Welcome to WCU. Well, we miss him because he was one of the all-time great people Mm -hmm. in the world and had more fun. And had fewer enemies than uh, damn near anybody has ever been in this business. There was one episode, I think, was Sid that... uh, went back where well, I, I think know there was who, a challenge of I know maybe who a punch were, in the nose. I, I know who we all would support in that battle. <laughs> <laughs> Do you realize that uh, as uh, Don with the events of the last week over here that suddenly I think it was Monday evening it, it came to me that Sid had outlasted me on the radio. <laughs> 25 and a half years. He, sp- I, he spots me 25 and a half years and he'd outlasted me. It's, oh, uh, my goodness. It is, uh, it is unbelievable. Of course, as you know from being over at CCO, nobody has the guts to tell them it's over. Right. They would be dragged out in the street and beaten up by 90 year olds. Sure. Be, uh, <laughs> yeah. Walkers. Yeah. Walkers. Yeah. They'd be walkered to Led death. by Sid. <laughs> yeah. Sid's I, the only 98 year old with a new hip that uses his walker as a weapon to knock people out of the way getting into the locker room. His ego has, um, over the years, become more and more fragile uh, yeah. when he's uh, challenged about certain yeah. things. And. I think that there was a, a moment on the air where Dave Moan and he were doing Sports Huddle, and they took a call, and the callers just began with effusive praise for Sid's career, how how much of the time he is right, um, and that he can always be depended on to have the facts way ahead of everyone yeah. else, and just, just lavishing yeah, yeah. him with praise. He said, but I have to disagree with you on one point. And it was a point about whether a shortstop or the uh, Twins uh, should uh-huh. be traded and get a new thing. And and Sid blew up <laughs> and just said, "Well, that's fine. Well, why don't you just uh, why don't you just uh, come over here and run the radio show? Why, why don't you just do this? Because who needs me? Because I I want you all geniuses, and I'm not. And this is just I don't even know why I'm on the air anymore." <laughs> Well, wait a minute. He just told you that you're the greatest guy in the world. He disagreed on one tiny point. Well, the two two gals who are attending to him these days, the caretakers, the nurses. Yep. I keep saying, you're taking notes, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to outlast him and we're going to write a book. Uh, Another book. I always told him when I wrote the last book, I can't wait to write the sequel, The Truth. (laughs) 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 All right. We better come back in a minute. Uh, sports talk don shelby's here what's up well i wanted to uh, do something that i have uh, hoped to be able to do for uh, many many years you know i've interviewed a lot of people in my life i'm gonna uh, tell royce exactly what i think about him right now <laughs> oh, i've interviewed this means questions okay so there was a reason why hanberg told me to read you not not only was it about a sense of minnesota and the sports teams and all the things you wrote about but it was, and I, I am not going to blow smoke. I've read a lot of writers, uh, but uh, please don't be embarrassed. But I'm going to put you in the Red Smith, Grantland Rice uh, category. 
because the your work is literature to me. Now, my, what my question is, is where did that come from? How did you learn how to write that well? Uh, that is a, uh, a question that can't be answered even if I knew uh, uh, because I don't, uh, you know. Now, I will tell you this. In uh, at the nineteen seventy, what year did the Vikings lose to the Steelers? Seventy three, four. Seventy three, seventy four. Super. Yep. I did walk in the press box there at Tulane Stadium, hung over to the teeth, and Red Smith was on one side of me, and Jim Murray was on the other uh-huh. side. And I, I sat down. And I said, "Here we are, boys. Three of the greatest sports writers that ever lived." <laughs> I was twenty eight and hung over, but uh, you know, no, I, I just. Uh, no, where did you I learn guess, how to make a sentence? Where did you? You know what? Did, was it, that taught you in Fulda? No, no, God, no. Although I had a great English teacher, Lauren Limmerman, she could silence in a room with a stare, but uh, she was great. But uh, I, I didn't know what I was going to do until I got to the Star Tribune as a copy boy. I mean, I was going to the U in liberal arts, which means nothing, right? right? Take I was taking humanities, and I didn't even know what they were. But uh, when I got to the uh, Star Tribune, we got to the Minneapolis Morning Tribune as a copy boy. It took me about twenty minutes to decide that this is what I wanted to do. I don't know. You gotta. You know what? The number one thing is to have an ear when you're interviewing somebody. Yes. When you're interviewing somebody, you might do twenty, twenty-five minutes, and you're going along, and they say something, and you don't even. You don't react really, but you say, "Okay, there's the lead." Yes, there's the lead. Yes. I, I know what you absolutely. Know, I, you're halfway through it, and you kind of circle it on your notebook and stuff. I one story I always tell is, uh, I uh, oh what, fifteen years ago, I did six years of these uh, golf. Uh, I'd go around to golf state uh, little towns and play golf six days a week. I called it the confirmed hacker. And I think the second one I ever did, I went to New York Mills and to a guy who had a farm, had a golf course on his sheep farm. And it, you'd have to close. It was a five-stroke penalty if you didn't close the gate and stuff like that <laughs> up in New York Mills. But I remember he was introduced. We hadn't even started yet. And I figured this would be pretty good. And he introduced me to a guy. And he says, this is Delbert Sandbeck. Delbert don't talk much since he got hit in the head with a shot put in high school. Oh, I said, okay, I can, I can do this. I, yeah. got, I got this. Yeah. Circle gonna, that Del, right there. Delbert's yeah. going to get me. I don't know. To me, it's always been trying to listen. You know, now on deadline, it's a whole different animal. But sure. Uh, yeah. Trying to. Uh, Have editors um, paid close attention to your work or do they let you go? I have uh, had uh, two uh, very little. I think the only column I really got ripped up was uh, the. Uh, I, I'd written this whole thing the day after the 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 on the Monday after the Twins took a two zero lead in the eighty seven World Series. Early in the morning, the stock market was down, right? And I kind of wrote this smart alecky about how the the. Wall Street can't even react to this team being ahead 2-0. Well, you know, by late in the afternoon, people were jumping out of buildings. Yes. And uh, yes. the stock market was, you know, people were going broke. And they called me up and said, ah, you better try that one again. <laughs> we, we, we can't make light of this. But, uh, no, they've been really good to me. I haven't had many uh, problems at all. Well, you've been um, such an asset to uh, not only 
uh, radio here at uh, KSCP ESPN 1500, but you have been uh, an asset to this community because of the uh, not only your depth of knowledge, but the lyrical nature of uh, the way you write and tell stories that uh, I've always believed that good storytelling teaches us more than a litany of facts. Well, here's the deal, O'Don. It's, uh, you know, in modern communication, that has become less important. But I still, you know, I, I became a part-timer at the Star Tribune in 10 or 11, 12, maybe, what, 10, 10, maybe 2010. And I'm not, I don't travel. We got two other columnists. We got three guys covering the Vikings. And I love it. I love going to Milroy and doing the two baseball parks. Sure. And, and that. I, yeah. I love doing that because they don't need me to go out and talk to whoever the hell, like Kirk Cousins or somebody like that. I, I like, and that makes for storytelling because they don't make me go out and do you know, Viking story, you know, go stand in front of a guy for 10 minutes and try to get a column out of it, you know, with quotes. They, they let me go do that kind of stuff. I know people who uh, care nothing at all for sports who read religiously Patrick Royce because uh, it's a fulfilling time that they spend because their vision expands, their knowledge expands, but uh, at the bottom, it is uh, entertaining and uh, important and they're learning something. Uh, about a side of the world that they don't know anything about. And and that, I think, uh, by bringing uh, sports the way you have brought sports into the people's lives is uh, Im- immeasurable value. I think there's community. a lot of Gopher fans who are listening right now and throwing things at the... Uh, the Phil yeah. Fleck fans might disagree <laughs> with you, but uh, thanks, Don. That was... Uh, that was uh, that was too kind to say. No, the least. no, you have to, you have to if you're going to be good at what you're mm-hmm. doing. You have to go after the the people who are causing the problems. All right, you thanks. have to do that. Thanks, Don. Hey, uh, ask see Bruce Vale has any compliments for me? Uh, Bruce, you got anything for me? <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. That's all I can say. Yeah, right. I don't. All right, nope. keep it going. I'm going to do my breakaway here. Sports Talk will return. <laughs> we do have Bruce Vale waiting in the wings with the Your Money Now report coming to us courtesy of Owatonna's own Federated Insurance. We got the intro done, the sponsor's ready to go, and now here's Bruce. Well, the news is not great today. Stocks suffer through a losing session today. The losses were much greater earlier in the day. They were trimmed quite a bit near the close, but the Dow Jones Industrial Average still dropped 137 points. The NASDAQ composite fell 96, and the S&P 500 lost 21 points. Consumer products maker Kimberly Clark is raising prices and changing package counts in the U.S. and Canada for several of its brands including Cottonelle bathroom tissue and Huggies diapers. The company said it will hike prices across a majority of its businesses to help offset significantly higher commodity costs. It's bad enough you have to worry about someone stealing your identity. Now you have to safeguard your children's identities. A recent study from Javelin Strategy and Research found more than a million children were victims of identity theft last year, with the total damage pegged at $2.6 billion. The research showed that with limited financial history or existing account activity, children are the most likely to become victims of new account fraud. What may upset people even more is the report shows the most common perpetrator of childhood identity theft is a family friend, accounting for 33% of those incidents. That's why I don't have friends. I'm Bruce Vale with your money now on 1500 ESPN. 
All right, big guy. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you uh, tomorrow afternoon at 225. How's that? I will be ready. All right, uh, Bruce, I know you're probably not going to make it, but so many others are to the Minnesota's great get-together. That's the Minnesota State Fair. 1500 ESPN will be there. The flagship sports talk, Garage Logic, The Ride, Judd and Mackie, the whole gang doing live shows right there on the front porch. Stop by and see us. Stop by and see what garb we have for you to buy as the last hurrah. 1500ESPN.com if you're looking for more information or as the great... All right, here is Mr. John Height. Uh, how'd you, uh, did you guys get your lunch uh, taken care of? Oh, yes. We even waited for TV to be done. Mm-hmm. We were uh, very respectful. Well, I ruined a shirt with beans. <laughs> I got I got beans all over Well, my I noticed shirt. you're wearing a My Talk Winnelson yes. 1 t shirt. I didn't know if you were trying to campaign for and, fill in uh, work down the hall. This is a 2X from My Talk, and it had to do a little stretching, was required. <laughs> I don't think. Had to get the crew to stretch I, I, I out a little bit. I don't think they get the. Uh, uh, I don't think they get the two X uh, in the same sizes down the hall, but it beats walking around like you know, got shot. So. All right, you guys down at the end of the hall now. You got the other arm. Yeah. Oh, just keep oh. going until we hit the door. Okay. That's one of my. Uh, that's one of my uh, stories that I love from way back in my copy boy days, Don. Uh, we had an old. Prep writer named Ted Peterson, the BOF, the big old fart, everybody called him. <laughs> he was the greatest guy ever. But he would do an all-state football team, and then anyone, this is when they did nat- nightly roundups during the season from all around the state. And anybody that got their name in the paper or made an all-state team or anything would be on the honorable mention. And Ted would type them up, the the honorable mention and there'd be hundreds of them and we'd always measure it (laughs) paste it all together it'd be like running down it'd be like a a a church way it'd be like (laughs) megan markle's wedding did you you set it in agate yeah they'd set it the linotype there's still linotypers (laughs) but you'd walk it out (laughs) it was great It's sunny at 88 degrees. Twins, uh, finally the ball game is over. The Twins have defeated the Pittsburgh Pirates 6-4, to four, the final in that one. Bobby Wilson, a home run and two RBIs. Wow. Did you see Bobby's home run? Patrick? Yeah, he killed it. Huh? He did. Yeah. yeah. Logan Forsyth with three RBIs, a couple of RBI singles. Uh, Twins now will play Detroit, a four-game okay. series. I love Bobby Wilson. I yeah. did a piece on him this spring. He's mm-hmm. great. He's one of these guys that... You know, just won't go away. Looks like a backup catcher. But I got a question for you. Yeah. We're doing this on-the-run rebuild, right? And they've traded everybody, and you're and you're giving half the playing time to a 36-year-old guy hitting 150. I don't, I don't quite get that. I mean, shouldn't you, shouldn't you let Garver catch five or six games you know a week? He's a good receiver. Oh, he is. He's a fine receiver. Although he couldn't fix Barrios today. Okay, I'm going to say it. Here we go. Overrated. Ooh, Barrios? Well, wait, you're the one that rated him. No. <laughs> How can he be overrated when you team. gave out the rating? He's over. He's the all-star team. I mean, he's everybody's talking about him as an ace. Nope. Not yet. Doesn't throw enough strikes. There you go. That's my hot <laughs> That's take. a piping hot sports Right, I second that one.
Uh, Who was he talking about for a million dollars? The guy, he's not a DH, the guy. but he's on the Twins. Mm-hmm. There he goes. He's one of the guys. He throws it. Uh, guy the, can bring I it. think he was a better pitcher when he was Berrios. You think oh, the name changed? Berrios or Berrios? It's... Barrios floats off the tongue. Barrios, you got to go, Barrios! Yeah, Barrios reminded me of a cereal. Yeah, Barrios is very good. Uh, Surly has announced its second collaboration with former Twins closer Glenn Perkins. Uh, this one, amazingly enough, is called The Closer, but with a K. K-L-O-S-E-R. It'll be available at the State Fair at the Ballpark Cafe. Uh, based on one of Perkins' uh, homemade brews, it's a traditional hop-heavy American IPA. Uh, pretty similar Sounds to me to the cutdown IPA that he collaborated with Surly on uh, for opening day at Target Field. Shelby, you're you're kind of a guy who, in retirement, found hobbies, right? I mean, fish. You've always fished. Yes, volunteer on nonprofit boards, all kinds of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, Perky's crazy, man. Yes, woodworking. Uh, meat smoke. He's like this. Wants to become the world's greatest smoker of meats, yes. and uh, and now he's a beer maker too. <laughs> he's a, he, anything to kill his time, and and he built himself like the outdoor hockey rink of all yeah, time out his pole yeah. barn out there. So. What did Bud say? Guy has to have a place, a place to, go. to go. A place yeah. to go. I've been thinking about... Of course, about... Bud, when he had a place to go at Winter Park, it was to get the free gas. But... <laughs> I have literally been thinking of going to the Dunwoody Institute to learn how to uh, become a master welder. Oh, really? That would be yes. really cool. Yeah. yeah. But what are, you, what are you going to make then? Sculptures? I what? have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, you just, just like the flames. Huh? Yes, I just I like working with acetylene torches. <laughs> yeah. He's going to solder a, a couple of forks together and say, here you go. Look what I got you for Christmas. Like, oh my God, get him out of here. <laughs> News notes from today. That As he's, I got to say one thing. As the son of an undertaker in Fulton, Minnesota, who always had guys to do everything, I'm the biggest klutz that ever lived. I, I can't do anything. What do you mean you took down the tree branch last year at the Royce Estate with the hatchet? The hatchet, yeah. <laughs> with the, the hatchet? Neighbor, yeah, I know. Well, the na- I, a branch fell in the front yard, and I was trying to chop it up to get it in the wood barrel there, and I couldn't, didn't have a saw, didn't have anything. I had a, I'm out there with a dull hatchet trying to get it. God. Finally, the neighbor came over, and it was fairly fresh wood was the problem. The oh, that was the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. wasn't your dull hatchet job. Yeah. Apple seed or your lackluster skills. I just see you not really not having your heart into it. You're just kind of going. No, I was hitting the hell out. Of you? Here's my problem. With the hatchet. Here's my I problem. can't hit the same space. You got to hit the same. You place. got bad aim. Oh, sure. If you're going up and down the tree, it just it just looked no, like you did you, a car. You, you have to use a hatchet more than once to <laughs> yeah, be able right. to know how to do you, that. You got to hit the groove, else it doesn't do you any good. <laughs> I'm surprised you still have both feet after that. <laughs> you went back to the DA. There's a hole in the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> News notes from today: The man killed in a St. Paul officer involved shooting fired off multiple rounds from a gun inside the house and pointed a gun at his roommate's head. That, according to court documents released connected to the case, St. Paul police officers Vincent Adams and Matthew Jones responding to reports of a man firing a weapon inside a home at 905 St. Anthony Avenue on August 5th when they shot and killed 43-year-old William Hughes. 
The Bureau of Criminal Apprehension said the officers entered the enclosed porch area of the home, knocked on one of two doors, and Hughes emerged through the other. The officer had heard uh, Hughes issue a verbal threat toward them and that he was holding a handgun, started to raise the gun toward officers. Also, according to a search warrant filed in Ramsey County, the person who called 911 said they were staying with Hughes prior to the shooting and that Hughes fell out of his bed and became hostile. Search warrant said Hughes then drew a firearm and shot two to three rounds into the wall toward the roommate. Roommate then told investigators Hughes pointed the firearm at their head, according to the complaint. Out of concern for Hughes, the roommate left the apartment, called police, and that's when police arrived. Former Trump campaign manager Corey Lewandowski today questioning the validity and enforceability of any non-disclosure agreements for White House employees. Lewandowski's comments came after the Trump campaign had accused ex-White House aide Amorosa Manigault Newman of violating a non-disclosure agreement. Lewandowski's greatest troller in history right there, this gal. She's great. <laughs> Lewandowski, speaking at a breakfast hosted by the Christian Science Monitor in Washington, said he had to sign a non-disclosure when he joined a precursor of the Trump campaign in June 2015. But he questioned whether a public employee can be held to such an oh. agreement, legally speaking. Holy cow, Corey uh, siding on, uh, against Donald against there? Donald, that doesn't yeah. happen very yeah. often. Well, Don McGahn, the president's attorney, said, uh, no, these are not enforceable when he was trying to get them to sign it. Mm-hmm. He said, sign it because they're not enforceable. Oh, okay, so he told them. <laughs> well, here's the deal, though. This, uh, I, I was telling this story earlier. Your guy, Bernard. Yeah. Howard Stern came to town. Yes. Spent six months insulting Bernard. Yes. Bernard never mentioned him on the radio because they just let Bernard's massive audience not know that Howard Stern was in town. (laughs) And six months later, Howard Stern was out of town. Yes. This guy can't resist. This guy's selling her more books every day. Shut up. He's falling for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She she knew how he'd respond. Yeah. Now, the same thing happened when uh, Jason Lewis would attack me uh, every day <laughs> uh-huh. on the air as DFL Don. Okay. Right? It's called okay. DFL Don. I'm Clever. And, Clever. And what he was trying to do was to get me into a fight. Uh-huh. But I had a, a position that every time I mentioned the name of a competitor on uh-huh. the air, that was free publicity for uh-huh. that person. Right. So uh, it made him so livid <laughs> that i would not fight him on the air you know who's really a weasel oh, barrero <laughs> <laughs> that guy he's wrong an amateur him? he can't be trusted <laughs> that guy and he's bald too right. uncle he's fester <laughs> just get up the and hall. he's not from minnesota right he's not even one of us minnesota Rero. Yeah, his name is Barrero. Yeah, he's He's from Indiana. What Gary came here on the mega bus, huh? (laughs) Anybody, anybody from Indiana (laughs) should not be considered a real minister. I'm not going to say I'm from Indiana. Okay, he's only been here thirty-two or three years. That ain't long enough. Uh, Rolling the tone of the mega bus. What's going on? What kind of name is Barrero anyway? What a dumb name. Yeah, right. Is that it? Yeah. You think he'll get back? They'll get back to him? Yeah. I'm sure he checks the podcast every day. Probably too late to have him start ripping us. (laughs) Yeah, probably too late. You know what the funny thing is? is I don't think it'll help. Last year, a man that looked 
almost to the T, like Dan Barrero, mm-hmm. was walking around the Garage Logic crowd and watching mm-hmm. us do the oh, show. Yeah, I remember. We and should, I, yeah, I we, kind of mentioned Joe. You better, you know. Yeah, we're I talking could, about having him there. Yeah. You might be looking for a producer. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Dan, if you want to come by again and Garzy's having an off day, you uh, you give me a buzz. All right. <laughs> I, uh, I have one more sort of sports thing to mention. Uh, ben Zobrist, he plays for the Cubs, of yes. course. Uh, been around forever, 37 years old. Uh, very mild-mannered, also oh, yes. always been considered one of baseball's nicest guys. Yep. He entered Tuesday with zero career ejections. Yes. Uh, that changed, though. Mm-hmm. The 1,563rd game of his career. Uh, amazingly, or not so amazingly, it came because of a very poorly called strike three by Phil Cuzzy. Mm-hmm. Now, Zobrist does not swear. He's also a uh, very... Uh, well, the Christian. De- thank you. Perfect way mm-hmm. to put it. What did he say to get thrown out? He told reporters, well, I basically told Phil, that's why we want an electronic strike <laughs> zone. Right. He, he, sort, <laughs> he also sort of said... Uh, he knew he was going to get tossed, yeah. so he figured he'd give him that shot. Uh-huh. He said, I thought he was going to toss me Cause, anyway. Because so. he'd had a big row with Madden a couple of innings earlier, too. Because he's. Because yeah. he was, uh, yeah, because he's got a bad attitude. Yeah. Joe West today, by the way, yeah. second all-time uh, number of games umpired. I like Joe, mm-hmm. even though the player, he drives the players crazy sometimes. Yeah, players hate him. <laughs> in Great Britain, uh, this, uh, they didn't think this one through. The lead witness in a gangland murder trial was no. assaulted after prison guards put him in the same cell as the accused killer who was testifying. <laughs> yeah, about that. I got a hunch those guards were paid off to do exactly <laughs> oh, that. Oh, man. Non-association orders were sent to corrective services. However, sources told the Daily Telegraph the witness and the accused put in the same area of the Silverwater Metropolitan and Remand Center. The injury sustained by the witness meant he was unable to go to court today where he was due to give evidence in the trial of the man. A spokesperson for Corrective Services confirmed an inmate was treated for what he called minor injuries. Uh, an explanation has been sought from the Minister for Corrections, David Elliott, though with a reassurance it will not be repeated. Uh, this that is, is a uh, that is a part of a that is an episode uh, a segment of a dark comedy movie, yeah. isn't it? Yes, mm-hmm. it is. It's the Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, this is for you, Rook. Yep. Left-handed people not always treated well throughout history. I'll say they've been persecuted for being especially evil this last week. With- <laughs> Well, some right-handed people, yep, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, labeled witches in the old days, of course. And there have been a few theories over the decades about why some people are left-handed, mm-hmm. uh, including an outdated idea that it has something to do with moms who are stressed out while pregnant. Mm-hmm. Well, research since the 80s has found that our preference for right or left is most likely determined before you're ever born. Ultrasound screenings suggest as early as the eighth week of pregnancy, from the 13th week in the womb, babies tend to suck either their right or their left thumb. So they know if they're right or left-handed. Imagine that. Now, it was previously thought the genetic differences between the left and right hemispheres of the brain determine whether someone is left or right-handed. But a new study now published in the journal eLife found that the answer could lie in the spinal cord. The research found that gene activity in the spinal cord was asymmetrical in the womb and could be what causes a person to be right or left I got a question, Johnny. Yeah. What do we care? 
Why, 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 why do we do all this research? Left-handed people have been burned all my whole life. I'm living in a right-handed world. <laughs> the desks, the notebooks. I found a sport for you, by the way. Handball. Yes. You know, this handball. If you're I'm not, pretty good at it. If you're not ambidextrous, you're, uh, you're out of luck. You got you to gotta have the great. These, the most successful uh, handball players are the guys with the great, or the women with the great opposite hand. The uh, handball. The, I'm um, ambidextrous. Yes, I, uh, I am. I, I do now all sports need, poorly. Now left all you right need hand. is quickness. Yeah, yeah. right. Quickness. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're gonna say that again? Right? You do all sports equally bad, <laughs> yes. left or right? Yes, exactly. Left-handed or right-handed. We ever tell you about the time that the great Dutch Kragen chose us, <laughs> the uh, Suture Ricey and Rookie Sports Talk Show, to come up and hit the inaugural shots. At his new no, golf course. Yeah. His new golf course. Gorgeous. Boy, was Boy, it was nice. And about, uh, from me to that, uh, I don't know what, 30 yards. 30, 30 yards out in front of us was this big rock. and uh, With the plaque on it, hole and, number one. And hole number one. Yards. <laughs> Rook lines up, hits a screaming line drive. The ball comes back at us. Duchess, <laughs> Duchess, scrap, Duchess He's, diving. We're all diving. He out. saw his life flash in front of him. He was Dutch, as white as a ghost. Dutch, you know, Dutch isn't as young as he used gonna, to be. Yeah, I was saying, that couldn't have been easy for Dutch to do. <laughs> He's never going to forget that, though. Oh, he never man. lets me forget it every time I go well, up Every there. time we went up there, we looked to see if we could see the dent in the rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been hit a few times, by the way. I just was the first. Yes. And I was uh, hitting right it in. I was hitting yeah. right-handed at that mm -hmm. time. Mm-hmm. A California man who resolved not to leave a store until he found a winning scratch-off lottery ticket. Uh, well, he got lucky on his fifth try. Oh, really? His name, Fred Bastardo. He told California. Oh, yeah. You know what it means? <laughs> I looked it up. There What's was it Antonio mean? Bastardo. Sure, the pitcher. Bastard, yeah. it means in Spanish. Well, I would assume that. Which is... So, let me... Let me, let me you looked it up, not, even though... <laughs> It could be bastard and Spanish. You would just add an O to it. Yes, right. Up. You well, I it wanted up. to make sure that that's what it was because, you know, I think I would have changed the family name about 100 years ago. I, I, I would have said Smitho or right, something. Right. Well, Shelby-o, anything, you know, not... This, uh, this, this bastardo... Hey, buddy, you're yeah. a real bastardo. Well, yeah. Told California lottery officials he went to the El Rancho Liquor to buy a scratch... See, El Ranch. El, El Rancho, Rancho. Yeah. you just put the O on there. He wanted to buy a scratcher's ticket. Doesn't work with Oreo, though, does it? <laughs> well, the funny Oreo. thing is, I went to Mexico with a group of friends and a real dummy friend of mine thought to speak Spanish he just added an O <laughs> to gotta, everything you gotta, in the you gotta English. get the accent and say man how much does this cost man hombre how many money are you old? doing Scarface yeah, yeah, what what you that's, that's Cuban that's right. Oh, yeah. We all speak that language, man. <laughs> yeah. He took uh, took the first ticket. It was not a winner, but he told the clerk, I'm not leaving until I get a ticket that's a winner. He said he changed his tune after scratching off four losing tickets in a row and decided the fifth ticket would be his last attempt. Well, the fifth ticket, $750,000. Wow. He was a winner -o. He is one lucky bastardo. Right? Yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. I remember when the family went to Mexico. Uh -oh. We all went to Mexico. Big family reunion down in Manzanillo. And I would, I would talk to people. I would say like, hey man, can you get this bag for me? And my family, my family, my immediate family wanted to disown me and yes. they were going to kick me out of the hotel room and I told them, 
but I have a key. <laughs> it was really, it was a bad, it was a bad situation. Really bad. Thanks, John. Yes. Uh, muchos gracias, senor. <laughs> You were telling me, Don, you got a soccer phenom in the family, huh? Yes, yeah, got a young 10-year-old grandson What's who's his supposed name? to be really good. His name is Hudson Benitez. And so when you watch him play soccer, he can actually do stuff. Huh? Yeah, he really does. He's got a lot of uh, moves that, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as a basketball player, I, I think... Uh, how in the world can they do with their feet what I couldn't yeah. do with my hands it dribbling? Is. But they, he's really fantastic. His dad was a good soccer player. But what school he, district? Uh, he's going to be in the Minnetonka School District okay. right now. He just graduated in the middle school, but okay. uh, in the Excelsior system. But uh, what I think is interesting is that uh, the uh, the Major League Soccer team here in town is uh, starting developmental groups where they're going around and plucking as, 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 as young as 10 years old. As young as 10 years old and bringing them up because they want to create a giant body of great athletes. And there was a Seattle kid, I think, who just uh, got yep. uh, $20 million to go to Munich. Really? Yeah. All right. Uh, well, uh, maybe he'll take care of you in your old age. Then. I'm counting <laughs> on that, okay. yes. All right, Don, thanks for being in. All thank right, uh, yes, thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Don Shelby. 1500 ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. It is the ride that's coming up next with Mr. Patrick James Stephen Ricey. And right now-